0: came over to me in the base measures yesterday and asked me about making Turkish coffee on Shabbos. I wrote an article a couple years ago about making coffee on Shabbos and I thought I discovered every single way a person might want to make coffee, but I had never heard of Turkish coffee. So this is a different type of coffee that uh, needs uh, its own discussion about whether you're allowed to make it on Shabbos. How does one make Turkish coffee? Show of hands, anyone ever have Turkish coffee? Okay, some of you. So how does one make Turkish coffee? Apparently you take uh, the coffee beans and you grind them up really, really finely, almost like a... Flour, and then uh, F L O U R, and then you uh, you take uh, hot water. You take water. You pour it in this special clea and you, uh, you heat it on uh, on a stove top. That you definitely can't do on Shabbos. But uh, it be, before it comes to a boil, you uh, you have it uh, mixed with the uh, the ground up uh, the ground up coffee and uh and And it, it foams at the top, and then you start pouring it out into the cups and When you pour it out into the cups, what will stay at the bottom of the clee is like a mud that stays at the bottom of the clea that 's made from the mixture of this ground up flour type of uh, coffee and the uh, the water. So you pour out the liquidy, foamy part. It's much thicker than regular coffee, and it stays as a mud at the bottom. So is there a way to make this on Shabbos? So obviously, you wouldn't be able to turn on any fires or anything like that. You can't put anything on the stovetop on Shabbos. What about just taking water from the urn? So you have hot water. It's uh, just below a boiling point, and uh, still going through all the rest of the process as normal. So there are two issues that have to be discussed. The first issue is Bishel, and from a Bishel perspective, it's not all that complicated to get around it. It's not All that dissimilar from pour-over coffee, which uh, we've discussed at some point, which uh, basically from Bishel perspective, the following is the case. The metzius the, the, uh, is that all coffee beans are roasted. They're all uh, roasted before they're ever ground up, so it means that they've gone through some sort of Bishel uh, process. Or Ravad Yosef and Omer Archaim Chelek Ches Similam and Hay writes that roasted coffee beans are considered to be already edible, meaning it's like it's Mavushal Kol Tzarcho, and that's the sheet of the Guinness Vradim and Rabbi Yaakov Tziyah Simtav Sadihei, and the chasam Sofer, and Archaim Simenayin as well, that once you roast the beans, they're considered to be fully cooked, they're considered to be fully edible. However, the Primu Gadah, Menech in Reish Nun Gimel, Sivkat Mem Aleph says that even though coffee beans are roasted, they're not fully edible, and therefore they're not considered to be mevushal called sarcha. So any further cooking of them is going to be real Bishul Mida or Raisa. So if we assume, like those posts that uh, say, that it is fully roasted, that it's fully cooked uh, when when the beans are already roasted, so maybe we can say that uh, you don't have to worry about Bischel by pouring hot water directly onto these beans, Kazain bishul achar Bishal. So if you accept that, uh, that they're edible, so there's basis to be makel to brew coffee on Shabbos, Kazain Bishal achar Bishal. However, that might not apply to ground coffee because there is the shita of Reb Mimitz, who says that yesh Bishal achar afia. that even though there's no violation of Bishal once something has been cooked, but once something has been roasted to then cook it in a uh, liquid is a different type of cooking, it has a different, t- it's a different type of food preparation and therefore would be asr, and that would apply to coffee beans, because coffee beans are roasted, and then you brew them with water. So that's Bishal acharafiyah, or Bishal achatsli. So uh, the lahalach, the shulchanarch, and shin yir chesif is mekel, that ain't Bishal acharafiyah, that there would be no problem of bishel acharafiyah, whereas the rama holds that yesh Bishal acharafiyah, that we should be more machmir, and assume that there is a problem of Bishal acharafiyah. So Ravadi Yosef writes, therefore a Sewardi person can take water straight from a kli Rishon, and pour it over roasted coffee beans and that is not a problem of bishul whatsoever, whereas an Ashkenazi can only pour from a Kli and not from a Kli Rishon uh, that, which is really not that hard to do you pour the water from the urn into a cup and then pour that over the beans and then you solve the problem, so then you have your klisheni, ni which uh, doesn't have the Koch to be Mevashel anyway, however the Archa and Shin Chavches is making coffee on Shabbos even in a klishlishi, and that seems to be the sheet of the Mishabur and Shin Yilches of cotton as well probably because uh, they don't consider the beans to be fully cooked or, and, and therefore uh, they, they also view it to be kaleh or uh, and uh, therefore even in a klishlishi it's going to be easily cooked. Rav Moshe holds that once you're in a klishlishi, it doesn't have the ability to be mevashal anything only things that are 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 only get cooked in a klisheni so klishlishi would solve all your problems according to Rav Moshe. So according to most poskim it's it would seem that if you uh, if you make your Turkish coffee in the klishlishi, you've solved all of your uh, Bishel problems, right? So you've taken care of Bishal problems. So good. I mean even if you're gonna be machmir, that Yesh Bishal lachhli, but the Mishabura says you don't have to be machmir for that when it comes to a Klishlishi. So uh, so so let's let's assume that the Bishal problem is not a problem. But someone raised a question to me that I don't really know the answer to and that is why isn't it an Isrlisha? When they when you look at the descriptions of Turkish coffee online they say you pour out the uh, the, the coffee and what you're left with at the bottom is the mud. The mud that remains from the mixture of the, of the coffee, uh, the ground-up flour, and the, uh, and, the, and the water. So uh, how does the Israelish happen? So there are two steps in kneading, uh, in the kneading process in general. The first step is accomplished by pouring a liquid over small food particles that cause some sort of bonding immediately. Like you take flour, and you pour water directly over the flour, even before you start mixing it together. There's some bonding of the particles of flour immediately. Then the second step is the actual kneading of the ingredients. So the G'mon Shabbos and Kufnan is quotes a between Rabbi and Rabbi Rebbe or Shitas Rabbi is that if you pour water into a bowl of flour, you violate lisha even if you don't mix it. So the Agleital explains that according to that view, the actual mixing of the uh, of the mixture is the is, is the iser Lisa, not the subsequent kneading. Just the fact that you know uh, water has been introduced to flour, and not the actual kneading. So the exception to the rule would be the following: that since the logic of the iser is that there is binding that takes place immediately, so. Uh, with a coagulated substance like mayonnaise, only the actual kneading and the mixing would violate Lush, that's what the Prim Gadim writes, because there's no mixing that happens right when you lump the mayonnaise onto the tuna fish, nothing and nothing, or the egg salad, nothing happens yet, until you actually mix it. Uh, the shita, though, of uh, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, is that, chayv ad that you're only going to be chayv when you actually actively knead, so the Ital explains that he doesn't view the initial combining of the ingredients as Lisha, uh, only manual kneading is considered to be so uh, the halacha, the Rif, the Rambam, and the Rash uh, Pasken like Rabbi Yosi Briv Yehuda that it's only Oser mitarabanan to pour the water without mixing it, but the or daoraisa is when you actually uh, when you actually need it. Whereas the ereim and the trusaver truma and the smak hold like like Rabbi then shulchan aruch in aruchaim sim shincha fal zayin shulchan aruch pasquins like Rabbi but he also quotes the opinion of Rabbi as a yesh omrim as well. Either way, it's going to be a problem because even if it's it's not Aser to pour the liquid, to just introduce the liquid into the granules. It's an Iser Midra to introduce the liquid into the, uh, the flour, And that's why many of the contemporary postgums say that if a child is playing in a sandbox, that they can't pour water onto sand. The Rambam in the 8th part of Shabbos, based on the Gemara of Shabbos, says that needing water and dirt is Aser Midah as a tolda of lush. And based on that, that's why the Shemir Shabbos in Parakta Zayin and the Rav Simcha bin Mekon and children of Halacha and Rabbi Ribiad in the in the in Tess book all say when children are playing in a sandbox have to be careful not, you shouldn't allow them to pour the water onto the sand so uh, where does that leave us? meaning if, if this seems like a very similar kind of thing that you pour the, the coffee so when you have a pour over coffee uh, also you end up with soaking wet uh, granules where they, uh, they, they become very clumpy so why is that an is, not an Isra of Lisha? So I happened to run into Rabbi Bleich earlier today, and I asked him uh, what he thought, and he said that he doesn't think. He thinks when you pick up the granules of coffee, let's say from a filter where you do a pour-over coffee, they're still granules. They're, not, uh, they're, they're, they're wet, and they're somewhat, but they fall apart in your hands, and they're still very granular. As opposed to sand, it becomes a mud. And when sand becomes a mud, it becomes a dover gush, it becomes a gush echad, and it becomes uh, more more problematic. So first of all, m- not sure. Not sure that that's, uh, that that's the case, Rabbi. Black himself said, not sure, meaning I caught him in the coffee room, uh, but, uh, you know, but, uh, but uh, Rav Asher Weiss has a thing about piske uh, um, that are, alacha that are from uh, the you know, that uh, you run into a posik in the, uh, in the stairwell and you, uh, you, you're, you fire questions at him, he says, those piske alacha are not reliable, <laughs> the posik didn't think about it you caught him off guard, you didn't, so uh, so Black wasn't sure about the svara, but particularly with Turkish coffee, my understanding is that it's worse, that even if that svara is true, with a pour-over coffee where it's like ground up uh, coffee granules when it comes to the Turkish coffee, the way I saw it at least when I was watching videos uh, of how to make Turkish coffee uh, earlier this morning, uh, it seems that they grind it into like a powder, it's much more like flour, where it really becomes it really does become a gushach, it really becomes what can accurately be described as a mud, so I'll leave that as a kasha I don't know why it wouldn't be a violation of lush to make uh, Turkish coffee on Shabbos, even if one can easily avoid the violations of dishl everyone have a great day